Nehemiah chapter 5 this morning, Nehemiah chapter 5, hadn't it been good to be in the Lord's house? The Lord has prepared our hearts to get to His Word. Of all that we do, this is the most important thing about being here today, is getting in this. To Him be the honor and glory. I pray for liberty this morning, I pray for power from on high, and I pray this morning that y'all would be more than hearers, I pray that y'all would be doers. I pray God would open our hearts this morning. Isn't the Word of God sweet? Isn't it precious? But I'll tell you when it's precious is in the application of it. That's where the power of the Word of God comes in, is when His people apply it to their hearts and life. Let it have effect in you today. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. Nehemiah chapter 5. We have... About on the fourth sermon of this series on building the wall. The people of God submitting to the will of God in their life. Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 1. There was a great cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren the Jews. For there were that said, we are sons and our daughters are many. Therefore we take up corn for them that we may eat and live. Some also there were that said, We have mortgaged our lands, vineyards, and houses, that we might buy corn because of the dearth. There were also that said, We have borrowed money for the king's tribute, and that upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and lo, we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants. And some of our daughters are brought into bondage already. Neither is it in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. Then I consulted with myself, and I rebuked the nobles and the rulers, and said unto them, Ye exact usury, every one of his brother. And I said a great assembly against them. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, give me power. Lord, I need you touched this morning. Every word that comes from my mouth, I pray you be in accordance to your will. Lord, we love you. 
We praise you. Lord, we ask him for you this morning. Lord, we want your power in this place this morning. Lord, we want you to meet with us. Lord, you give us a promise to meet with us. And Lord, I'd rather meet you than anybody on the face of the earth. Lord, I'd rather be in your presence than any presence in earth, Lord. Thank you for being here with us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, the cure for complaining. The cure for complaining. And I know that as I titled that the other day, I said, man, I don't want to push people away immediately when you talk about complaining. But I I think you all know as well as I do that as God's people, we have a bad habit of complaining. When you get in the Word of God and you follow the nation of Israel, we find times where they were up on the mountaintop and they were singing and shouting and celebrating in the victory of their Lord. Two days pass, three days pass, and they go right into murmuring and disputing and complaining about the things that God had brought in their life. One day they're rejoicing, one day they're shouting, and the next day they're so negative, and they're complaining about everything that is going on. For instance, in our text today, we left chapter 14 last week with God's people united around the wall. God's people were working together. The enemy had gone up against the Lord's people and the Lord's people united together to fight against the enemy. There they were around the wall, hand to hand. They had their sword in one side, their trial in the other side. They were fulfilling the will of God in their life. They were fighting off the enemy. All was well. Everything was good. The work of God was being finished. The work of God was being done. And God's people were being obedient. We leave chapter 4 with all of that unity... And all of those great things going on, and we go right into chapter 5, verse 1, and there was a great cry of the people. We go from being unified to together to being a great cry from the people. Understand that they went from a place of unity to a place of division just like that. They went from a place of victory to the place of complaining just like that. And I want you to know as God's people that every one of us is guilty sometimes of doing the very same thing. Being negative, complaining, looking at all the bad things. I'll tell you what, as God's people, we ought to be the happiest people on the face of this earth. I'll tell you, we ought to be the most positive group of people that this earth has ever seen. Everything that ought to come out of our mouth ought to edify the saints. It ought to glorify Jesus. Everything that comes from our life ought to speak to the greatness of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, this world should never hear the woe me's of God's people. This world should never hear how bad we have it. As God's people, sometimes we got to understand, we got to quit complaining. Because God has been good. And I want you to understand what caused this division. Because when the enemy, all the enemies on the outside began to rise, God's people stood together. But no, that's not what divided them. Sandballot and all the enemies didn't divide them. It was the people among themselves. It was the other Jews. It was the rulers. It's amazing that it wasn't the enemy on the outside, but it was the enemies from the inside. 
And the reason that these people begin to be divided is there was people in the group that began to murmur and complain and be negative. And the complaining and the negativity spread upon that wall. Man, they were standing in unity and the very next minute, Brother Allen, they were complaining about how they were starving to death and how people took advantage of them. And they had to mortgage this and mortgage that to continue in the work of the Lord. And oh, how much we have given up and how much we have sacrificed. Let me tell you something. You may give a lot for the Lord, but I promise you He's given more for you than you'll ever give Him. And understand that these people begin, Oh me, look how hungry we are. Look how poor we are. Look what we've done for God. Child of God, be reminded what God's done for you. God has blessed us beyond measure. And yes, we give up a lot sometimes. But God bless you for that. And God will bless you. And He'll continue to bless you. Amen? But I promise you, He's done more for you than you've done for Him. And when you get in that place that these Israelites were, oh, it's me. Oh, Lord, look what I'm having to give up. Think about what Jesus gave up for us. Aren't you thankful today? Aren't you thankful? But this is what happened when the complaining started. The work stopped. When negativity crept in, and the complaining of the people came in, even the enemy on the outside enemy, Sanballat could not stop the work of the church. They could not stop the work of God's people. But the confusion from within prevented God's people from doing His work. Let me tell you something. That tells me something. We better be careful from within the body. Because sometimes we beat up on each other. And we're negative and we complain. And all of that spirit is contagious. Hello? It's contagious. And it takes one negative spirit to come in and ruin the unity of God's people. Understand this morning that we need to stand on the wall together. Understand this morning that we don't need to complain. We don't need to be negative. Understand, even though it may be bad, I promise you, you can count more blessings than you can negative things in your life. I promise you, if you sit back, you will understand that God has blessed us beyond measure. I know the devil overwhelms us, and sometimes we can't focus on anything but negative. But understand, God is good all day, every day. Understand, God is good. He has saved us. He has bought us. He has blessed us. He's given us the energy to get on the wall. He's given us the money to build the wall. God is providing for us every day. Don't complain. Don't get down on God. Praise His holy name. Praise His holy name. People begin to complain. The work of God stopped. That's serious. It's dangerous. Sometimes I've learned the hard way that I need to pick and choose my battles. And I've learned the hard way that when I get mad and I get upset about something, I need to keep it to myself. I love to tell the world, (laughs) but sometimes I don't realize how damaging that can be to God's people. The morale of God's people got down. Oh, friend, let's not stop working. Let's not let the work of God stop. We need to stay on the wall. We need to work. We need to be positive. Man, you could hear a pin drop in here this morning. I love it. Man, I love it. 
Because it's something that's serious we need to deal with sometimes. Negativity can stop it all. What's the cure? I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Two very simple, very short cures for complaining. And I promise you this is something I'm not pointing a finger. I'm talking to me this morning. Because there's sometimes my wife tells me sometimes, boy, you could just be negative. You just be, you know, there's some people, you just don't want to ask them how they're doing, okay? Because they might just tell you. But if you're saved today, reach down deep, and as bad as everything must be, I understand if you're saved, you got something good to say. You got a, you got a reason to smile. And I want to look at the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 and verse 10. He said, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lack opportunity. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state that I am, therewith to be content. Isn't that beautiful? I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere, in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Oh, I love this one. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The number one cure for complaining is contentment in Christ's strength. If we want to stop the complaining, if we want a cure to get us out of this negative spirit, may I tell you that contentment in Christ's strength will get us past that place of complaining. Notice what the Apostle Paul said there in verse 11. Therewith to be content. That word content means to be satisfied. It means to be full. It means not wanting for anything. The Apostle Paul said, I don't need anything. The Apostle Paul said, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I am content. I am satisfied. I am full. I'm glad when you get saved and you get Jesus, regardless of what the outside looks like, on the inside we can be full. We can be satisfied. Notice what he said here in verse uh, verse 12. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. This word abased means to bring low, to be humbled. Paul said, I know what it means to be humbled. Boy, didn't he? I know what it means to be in the lowest part of life. I know what it means to be discouraged and be thrown in prison for Jesus' sake. I know what it means to be brought low, but I also know what it means to abound. And that word abound means bursting forth. And there are times in our life that we're abased. There's times in our life that it's bad and it's down, but there's also times that we're bursting forth. That God is so good at times that we're drinking from our saucer because our cup is overflowed. There's just times in our life that we're abased, but there's also times that we're abounding. And that explains the ups and downs of Christianity, doesn't it? Don't you wish we can get on a spiritual high and ride it out all the way to glory land? Wouldn't that be awesome? Man, wouldn't that be good if, if everything Joel Osteen said was true? That we could have a multi-million dollar house and drive $100,000 vehicle and I'm talking about just have beds of roses in life. Wouldn't that be awesome? But friend, we would never seek God. We would never pray. We wouldn't, if we had it the way we 
we want it, we would never seek God like we're supposed to. It's those valleys that keep us close to the Lord. It's those humbling times that keep us close to God. And He said, whether I'm abased or I'm abounding, notice what He said in verse 11, for I have learned. This was something that He developed. This wasn't something He just got just like that. As God's people, we must learn We must learn to be content. We must learn. Notice this is not something that just happens. This is something that we learn from the Lord. And God gives us slowly that we learn in whatsoever state that I am. In whatsoever state that I am, that I'm content. Why? Why? How did He get to this place that regardless of what was going on, He was content? I'm going to tell you why. Because His focus was not on stuff. His focus was not on physical things. And if you look at the times that we're down the most, it's because we're suffering physically, not spiritually. And let me tell you something, a lot of times that we get down, God's people on the wall was murmuring, not because of what was going on in the battle, but because they didn't have enough food. And because of the physical things that they needed. That's what they were complaining about. And the Apostle Paul said that I have learned in whatsoever state that I am. He said, listen, my focus is on Jesus and Jesus alone. I don't have to have all of that other stuff to make me happy. As long as I'm right with the Lord, I'm okay. In whatsoever state that I am. Listen to me, child of God. If your happiness is based upon stuff, then you're not going to be happy all the time. If your happiness and joy is based on prosperity, then there's going to be some down days for you. But if your focus and all that you have is on Jesus and Jesus alone, it won't matter what the old devil brings. You'll be up and you'll be cheery and you'll be smiling. I'll tell you what, I want God to let me smile through the dark times and the good times. I want to have that ability and that strength. How do I get there? i got to focus on the things of God and not the things of this world. Child of God, get your eyes off of stuff. And don't let stuff affect your relationship with God. Don't let stuff get you down in the dumps. When I don't have stuff, God's still on His throne. <laughs> When the money ain't as good and the bills aren't being paid, God's still on His throne. And He still saved me and He still bought me. Understand that when bad times are going in our life, God is still God all the time. He's still God all the time. He said, whatsoever state that I am. Notice what He said in verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everything in all things. Isn't that amazing? In all things. In every aspect of life, I know how to be satisfied through it all. I know how to be full. He said, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now notice what he said in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I think about Paul and Silas in the prison. I think about the midnight experience when they are suffering because of their service for the Lord. Let me tell you something. If there's anybody that was ever abased in their ministry, it was the Apostle Paul. Paul suffered many loss for the gain of Christ. May I tell you that Paul suffered. As God's people, we don't know what suffering is compared to what Paul went through. This man knew what it meant to suffer. But this was his answer. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
This strength here means ability. He said, I can do all things not through myself. I can do all things not through religion. I can do all things not through my Sunday school class or through my preacher. But I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, which strengthens me. That gives me the ability to do anything that I need to do in life. Let me tell you something. There's some hardships you're going to face in life. And you're going to have to get to that place that Paul was. I can do all things. All things. What does that mean? That's everything. He said, there is nothing in this life I can't tackle through the strength of God. Through the ability God gives me. We come in here sometimes and it's woe us. And man, we come in here like we had a funeral. May I remind you, we're not here because somebody's dead. We're here because somebody's alive. Understand as God's people, we're not on the losing team. We're on the winning team. And instead of being down and crying in our defeats, we need to remember that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. That strengthens means gives us the ability. May I tell you, Christ can give you the ability to overcome anything in life. We get to that spot, well, I can't overcome it. I can't overcome it. The devil has lied to you. You can overcome it through Christ, which strengthens you. Now, I love this verse. You don't have to turn there. But I want to read this verse in Ephesians. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. May I tell you, Jesus can do anything if we'll call on His name. According to the power. Boy, this gets me excited. This word power in the Greek comes from that word dynamo, where we get our English word dynamite. I want you to know there is dynamite within our souls today. There is a power from heaven today that goes above anything that we can understand or comprehend. Instead of getting down and getting low when things aren't going right, reach into the dynamite that you have in your heart and soul. Reach into that dynamo and that power. Let me tell you, we need to quit live in defeated lives and live victorious lives through the power that Christ has given. Can y'all amen? My goodness! There is a power that is inside of us and every bad time you get to, every valley you get to, you reach down deep because there's a fountain within you. I'm telling you, there's a power, there's a dynamite that the God of the Old Testament is still the God of the New Testament and the God that blessed Israel is the God that's going to bless the church and the God that got Moses through is the same God that's going to get us through. There is a power and a dynamite that God's people are missing out on. And it's within us if you're saved and born again by the precious blood of Jesus. There is a power that is within you. And I'm telling you, if we're not using it, we're wasting it. Man, there's a power within us that goes beyond all comprehension. Ear hath not heard nor eye have seen the things that God has prepared for us. There is a power, there is an ability that comes when you know Jesus. That dynamite. Brother Allen, you're familiar with dynamite. Explosive. Destructive. Powerful. We got it right here. Don't you ever let the devil tell you no. Don't you ever let the devil tell you you can't. You remind him of the power you have in you. Let me tell you something. The devil may have some power. Jesus has all power. The power is within you. I better go on. I'll be preaching that all day. Man, that's good preaching. Amen. I'm glad I can do all things. I'm glad I can do all things. Not through my religion. Not because I'm a Baptist. But because of Jesus. 
I'm telling you, that's where my unction is today. That's where my foundation is, is my relationship with Jesus. Now look over in verse 19. Man, highlight this verse. It's just good preaching today. Second cure, faith in God's riches. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Can somebody amen that? Let's read it again. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How much time do we spend whining about how much we want and how much we need? And we can't do this and we can't do that. Paul said anything that you do for the Lord, He will supply your need. Not want. Not want, but need. If you committed yourself to building the wall and fulfilling the will of God in your life, may I tell you, there's going to be times that you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to depend upon the fact that God will supply all of your need. Supply all of your need. According not to the U.S. government. Glory to God, this is awesome. (laughs) Not according to my bank statement. Not according to your bank statement or according to the U.S. Treasury but according to His riches. Lord, have mercy. Isn't that awesome? Is He rich, preacher? He owns it all. He's got it all. It's all His. And He will supply our need according to His riches. Not according to our ability or according to our finances, but according to His riches. What does He own, preacher? He owns it all. He owns that cattle on a thousand hills. He created it all. He owns it all. But understand this, God's people, listen. He will supply according to His riches. There is a faith that must go. If we're going to build the wall, we got to have faith that God's going to provide. If we're going to fulfill God's will, we're going to have to have faith that God's going to take care of it. Now let's get the application here. God can work through anything. God can use me. God can use you. God can use an outside source. Miss V, He can use something that I can't comprehend or explain. Why? Because He's God. He's a Creator. He can do anything He wants. But let me tell you something. God will use His people if His people will listen to Him. God will supply all of your need. I'll tell you, God's used a lot of people to help supply my needs. I'll never forget when I was in Wells, Texas, there was a man, no matter what need my family had, he always come to me. Oh, and I got to where I wouldn't even tell him a need. I was so prideful. He told me one day, he said, Preacher, don't rob me of that blessing. Don't rob me of that blessing. God's trying to help me through people. And sometimes, especially men, we get so prideful, well, I don't need any help. That's not faith. And God taught me a lesson about that. God can use your neighbor. He can use your brother in Christ. He can use your sister in Christ. He can use a complete stranger if you'll let Him. Don't be so prideful that you won't accept God's riches. And so many times I missed it and I missed it. That deacon finally told me, he said, Preacher, God's trying to give you what you need through me if you'll listen. Sometimes we've got to listen, don't we? God can provide through anything in any source because He's got it all. 
His riches. I'll run out. God never runs out. There's times that we're in a famine, just like the nation of Israel on that wall. There's never a famine when you're serving the Lord. There may be times that you're down and you're low, but you understand that God's going to take care of you. When you submit yourself to God's will, understand God is going to provide, but you have faith in Him. Don't whine. Don't complain. Don't let that defeat you. If you get a need or a want, you put it in the hands of God. And you let Him supply your need. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be done. Matthew chapter 6. And I love this. I love this. This should be our theme. This should be our motivation as Christians. We spend so much time laying up for ourselves things on this earth. We spend so much time focusing on things that don't matter. Child of God, this is for you and this is for me. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, this is the words of our Savior, the Son of the living God. And if He said it, I guarantee you can believe it this morning. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, which ye shall eat, or which ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, which ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Isn't that beautiful? That God can take care of the fowls of the air. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Isn't that awesome? Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. May I tell you, verse 31 is hard. It's hard, especially when you have three children, to not think ahead. It's hard. It's hard not to plan ahead. It's hard not to focus on the needs of my family. But Jesus is fixing to give us a command. Y'all listen. Child of God, we need this. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows more about you than you know about you. And He knows more what you need than what you need. Let me tell you something. He knows what you're going to need tomorrow. I don't. He can see out in the future. He can look ahead when we can't. Your Heavenly Father knows where you are this morning. He knows what you have need of. He knows where you're lacking today. But this is His command. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Wait a minute. Am I supposed to go out and get another job? Am I supposed to go out and work harder? Am I supposed to go out and do more? Jesus said... You have more faith in me. Sometimes it's not that we have to work harder. It's that we have to have more faith in Him. Go to work. 
man that doesn't go to work and take care of his family is worse than, worse than infidels, what the Scripture says. If he don't work, don't let him eat, what the Bible says. Get him go to work. But there's a place in your life that we're going to have to understand that it's not going to be all of our work that takes care of it. That we're going to have to stop and have faith in Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about all the work. You worry about following Him. You worry about building the wall. He said, you build the wall and I'll feed you. You build the wall and I'll put clothes on you. You seek first my kingdom. What does that mean? You focus on lost people. You witness your heart out every day. Quit spending all the time gathering up and building up your kingdom. And spend more time building up God's kingdom. God said, you build my kingdom, I'll take care of your kingdom. You, t- you just take care of the things of me, and I'll take care of the things of you. Isn't that awesome? Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Precious words of Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let's stand. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I want to invite you to be saved today. But child of God, maybe this sermon was pricking your heart. And maybe you've just been lacking. Maybe you've just got some areas in your life that you need. And you spend more time trying to fill it than going to God and asking Him to provide it. Child of God, I want to ask you to stop today. These altars are open. I want to ask you to fall down on your face and pray to the God in heaven and tell Him where you are. He already knows it, but He's ready for you to acknowledge it today. Tell Him where you are and say, God, this is what I need. And you pray and you pray in faith and you watch the doors of heaven open up. And you watch God's hand work in your life. I'm telling you, the God of the Old Testament is the God of today. That God that parted that Red Sea is the God that is in this place, convicting the hearts of the people. Let me tell you something. We need to get to the to the altars this morning. We all have need. We all have desires. But we need to put it in the hands of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Say, God, here it is. Here it is. Do you realize how many blessings we rob ourselves of by not giving it to Him? Child of God, let's go to the altar. Maybe where you are, just pour it out. Just tell Him. If you need to be saved, would you come? If you need to join the church, would you come? Whatever decision, come right now.